Happy Halloween! Oh. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Jeanette. And I am Emily. Oh my goodness, it's Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. This is our holiday. Emily, it's our holiday. Well, for someone that doesn't like to be scared, I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, it's definitely mine, so... So... Um... <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I feel like we record recent recorded recently, so it's like we can't catch up. Emily is right. here with I am me. Here. Yes. That's something new. Um, yeah. We just kind of hung out. We went to a Halloween party yesterday. That was fun. Um, yeah, and here we are now, ready to tell um, another story about a horror film and the relation to a serial killer. I'm pretty stoked about it. Because I really liked the Psycho one, and I like that um, this could be, like, an actual series. So, I'm pretty stoked about it. So, this one's going to be a little bit different, because I am going to still, like, say what happens in it. Although, this time, I probably won't give away too many, like, spoilers Too many details. Yeah. Psycho is very detailed. It was very detailed. Um, So, I'll, like, say the plot of the movie, but most of the focus on this is going to be the serial killer who, well, I guess he's not even a serial ki- We'll get into that. Um, <laughs> the killer that it was based on. And honestly, I did not know this story before. Like, I researched it. Obviously, I guess that's like that, That's the point of works. research, but, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I didn't know much about this, like, at all until, like, I was looking it up. And it's, like, messed up. Like, I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, I've only, I've seen uh, Silence of the Lambs, but I don't, I mean. Yeah, so I just watched it for the first time. But it's also been like, well, I guess I watched it last year. Yeah, yeah. Well, here is a refresher on it. So I'm just getting this from um, IMDb because they tend to have like plots and stuff on there. So it's just easiest to grab it from here. Rather than what I did with Psycho, which was literally write down everything that was going I on. I loved how detailed your notes were, too. It was very detailed. He was like, it's as hot as fresh cow's milk. That's what he said it was. He's yeah. Like, yeah, I didn't like it. Okay, so <laughs> the plot for this. FBI trainee Clary Starling works hard to advance her career while trying to hide or put behind her be- her West Virginia roots of which, if some knew, would be automatically classify her as being backward or white trash. After graduation, she aspires to work in the agency's behavioral science unit under the leadership of Jack Crawford. While she is still a trainee, Crawford asks her to question Dr. Hannibal Lecter, a psychiatrist imprisoned thus far for eight years in maximum security isolation for being a serial killer who cannibalized his victims. Clarice is able to figure out the assignment is to pick Lecter's brains to help them solve another serial murder that of someone could coined wow that of someone <laughs> coined by the media as Buffalo Bill who has so far killed five victims all located in the eastern US all young women who are all slightly overweight especially in the hips who were drowned in natural bodies of water and were also stripped of large swaths of skin Ugh. So, if you watch the movie a little bit more, I guess, spoiler alert, um, for a movie that was in 1991. I mean, there are people <laughs> who've never seen it, so. Like me and. See, like a Jew, you yeah, just saw this. It's true. But, um, so if you watch it a little bit, 
like if you watch it you'll know, learn that he buffalo bill like kept them in his basement like mm. in basically like a well is what it seems yeah. like it was it's creepy so actually he was based off of like a bunch of different serial killers but the one that we're going to be talking about today is gary heidnick who i had not heard of him i saw it wait what are, what, what are the other ones though um, it's also based off of Ed Gein, who we talked okay, about in okay, Psycho, yeah. and there's a little bit of Ted Bundy, I believe. Oh. I don't oh. have my book with me, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but... I saw a TikTok video of them talking about the, a serial killer that, um, was, like, what inspired, um, this movie, and yeah. uh, I can't remember the name, so I thought if you named the names, it, sound, it would sound familiar, but I don't think you named it. No. No. Um, let me, yeah, I think the only ones that I said were Ted Bundy, Ed Gein, and Gary Heidnick. Yeah. Let me see if I can maybe find it. Was it maybe Alfredo Bali Trevino? No. Trevino? Oh, no. Yeah, no, I don't. That's a lot. I, maybe lot. it was, um, um, Ed Keen or something. Or Ed maybe. Kemper. Um, I don't know. It was just a TikTok video. But okay. we can go back to um, Homeboy. Cool. Um, well, something I'm also reading here is that it was the relationship between, like, the two of them, between Hannibal Lecter and um, Clarice, was between was based on the relationship between Robert Keppel and Ted Bundy, who was the criminology professor. I can see that. So that that's probably it's like the interrogations yeah. and like right. The, yeah, learning the deep secrets. Yeah, and Bundy got pretty open about it like later on. So, while I was researching him, the place that I found the most information was well, Murderpedia, but that's actually not where I'm getting my information from like today. I'm actually getting it from the Criminal Minds Wikipedia because based off of like all of what I was looking at, it's the most like compiled here. <laughs> and like there's actually like it it's accurate information. It's just more compiled here. So that's where I'm going to be getting most of what I'm talking about all right, today. I'm down for it. I don't have any written notes today. So cool. So Gary Michael Heidnick was an ephebophilic killer what? i'll tell you what that means oh, like, he was me. a serial rapist abductor projected cannibal who abducted tortured and raped six african-american women keeping them captive in, in his basement in philadelphia pennsylvania sad so a lot of this story happens in like the 1900s he was born in 1943 so i actually didn't know what this phrase meant e either but an ephibophile is that how you think you'd pronounce that? Ephibophile. I think that's that's right. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's a person who primarily is attracted to late or post-adolescence or children who have gone through puberty and have advanced signs of adult sexual maturation. So usually it's between 15 and 19 years Ew. old. So it's, yeah. So it's like a pedophile, but it's like... Right. A little older of a pedophile. So another term term is hebophilia, which is between eleven and fourteen. I mm. didn't know that there were so many terms for this until like I know, recently. I thought, they, I thought it was just all pedo, pe pedophiles. Right? No, apparently not. 
That's so gross. Isn't it? It's disgusting. So, he was born on November 22nd, 1943 in Eastlake, Ohio, and his parents divorced because of his mother's alcoholism. So, as a result, him and his brother Terry went to live with their father, who had remarried, and both of them hated their stepmother. But their father always sided with her whenever it came to conflicts. So, his father would severely punish him severely for wetting the bed by hanging the soiled sheets into the bedroom window for everyone to see. And sometimes he was even, he dangled him out of the window, shaking him by the ankles. Oh, no. Yeah. And while he was still a child, he fell from the tree and he smashed his skull and he began to, he suffered from a misshapen cranium, which actually was believed to have, to have caught, to have caused him behavioral problems. Goodness, that took me a long time. So his schoolmates actually called him football head because of that, which is so mean that and is sad. Mean. So in 1961, whenever he was 18, he, through his father's encouragement, dropped out of high school and enlisted in the U.S. Army, and he was stationed in West Germany during his time there in the summer of 1962. So, he was honorably discharged after a year, and the reason that he was honorably discharged was because he was diagnosed with schizoid personality disorder. Okay. So, in 1964, he started taking nursing classes in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and completed them a year later and received an internship at Philadelphia General Hospital. So in 1967, he purchased a three-story house and he started frequenting the Elwin Institute, which was a house for the developmentally disabled. Right. So he had a few suicide attempts through his life. And the first one was after his mother committed suicide by overdosing on medication and alcohol in 1970. So... This is interesting. This part just gets a little bit, like, weird and interesting. I'm just going to read all of this word for word really quickly, just because I'm not too sure how else I'd word it. All right. After incorporating the United Church of Ministers of God, Heidnik founded the Church of Heidnik as its ordained minister, Brother Heidnik. Receiving a $1,500 investment in a Merrill Lynch account, the church made at least half a million dollars, which in today's money, by the way, is over a million dollars. Wow. So in 1976, he sold his house and purchased another three-story house and rented out two of the floors. Dude, he's balling. I know. Where um, he moved with his mentally disabled girlfriend, Anjanette Davidson. Ah, that's me. Well, Anjanette. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant like and... No, sorry. Oh. No, it's spelt A-N-G-G. That's a J. That's not it. (laughs) Uh, J is not a G. A-N-J-E-A-N-E-T-T-E. Yeah. It's an interesting name. It's very pretty. So it's spelt like... Oh, never mind. No, there's an E in there. Let's go on. Um, So he began to live a successful life there. However, then he actually did assault one of the house's tenants... And so that, yeah. Um, in 1978, he had his first child, who was a girl named Maxine, with his girlfriend. And then he, it just gets 
terrible from here. Um, and then with his girlfriend. And then he later abducted her sister, Alberta, from an institution in Harrisburg. See, then it just goes straight downhill after all of this. Hearing so, the word abducted, I know it's going to go down. Yeah. So um, he was later arrested and charged with aggravated assault. And then the charges of abduction and rape whenever the woman was found chained in his basement. So the aggravated assault charges were dropped and he served three to seven years in prison but for the other charges and was released in April of 1983. So in 1984, he purchased his third house and began advertising How did he have his so church. Much money. Well, the church just was from just the making church? yeah, okay. it was making a lot of money. And so All he right. then proceeded to marry a mail order bride. A mail order bride? What? Yeah. What is that? Have you not heard of mail order brides before? Literally, no. you just order someone to marry. What? Yeah, it's wait. It's not common here in the United I've, States. So um, it's like prostitution, but marriage. Marriage, basically. What the so, heck? yeah, it's well. Here's the complete definition. A mail-order bride is a woman who lists herself in catalogs and is selected by a man for marriage. In the 20th century, the trend is primarily towards women living in developed countries, seeking men in more developed nations. So, like, people maybe would come to America as the mail-order bride. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely not as, like, common common anymore. No. (laughs) So, her name was Betty Disto, and she was from the Philippines. So after the marriage, it was like, it was a short-lived marriage because Betty found that he was having affairs with three other women. So this is messed up. I don't like this. So he also forced his wife to watch as he had sex with the other women. Oh my gosh. Uh Uh-huh. So um, after they got divorced, he did... She ended up, Betty ended up having a child who was named Jesse John Disto, and she began to, like, ask for child support. Well, dang. Mm-hmm. That's intense. So, he started to desire having sex slaves. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. And to create a harem. So... Yeah, he began his series of abductions and rapes in 1986. On November 25th... Okay, all of this happened so fast, by the way. Like, it's just so quick. So, on November 25th, he picked up Josefina Rivera, a part-time African-American prostitute, and he took her to the house. And after he had sex with her, he choked her until she was unconscious and chained her up in the basement. He then dug a pit in the basement floor, and so she was put into the pit, which was covered by a weighted board if she had, like, tried to escape. On December 3rd, see, this is, like, a few days after, he abducted a mentally disabled woman named Sandra Lindsay, who he had gotten pregnant previously, and she had had an abortion, which had upset him. So he would, like, barely ever feed them. It was very irregular, and he also kept them half-naked and raped them repeatedly. That's disgusting. It's terrible. 
So on December 23rd, see, this is only 20 days later, he brought home a 19-year-old named Lisa Thomas, and he drugged her wine and put her in the basement with the other women. A week later, he abducted Deborah Dudley, and during her captivity, she would try to, like, defend herself, but um, she was beaten and put in the pit more than the others. So after the abduction, he forced them to have sex with each other and made them eat dog food. Ew. It was terrible. He treated them, like, absolutely awfully. And on um, January 18th, he abducted Jacqueline Askins. On February 7th, he became very angry with Sandra for not really specified reasons and punished her by hanging her by one of her wrists from a roof beam for two days. Oh my god. However, during this time, she um, developed a high fever and she died the next morning. So, uh, trigger warning here. He then took her body upstairs and dismembered it with a power saw and put her head into a cooking pot and cut out her flesh. He then fed her some of her parts to his two dogs and the rest to his captives. He made the captives eat her? Yeah. Oh my god. I know. That's disgusting. Did uh, they know it was her? I don't know, actually. I feel like since he's super sadistic, he probably like made it known that it was her though. Because that tends to be how people like this are. Yeah. You know? So, um, a few days later, the neighbors like were smelling this because, you know, a dead body isn't very nice smelling. No, not at all. And so they complained, and then the police came to investigate, and he said that he had just burnt his food. That's why it smelled like that. Wow. And they were like, okay. So at this point, you know, he had four women down there, and he began to bribe them into telling, like, on one another. Like, if they were doing something bad, like, he wanted them to tell him what they were doing. So, uh, Josephina told him that the others had planned to attack him and escape, and as a result, he made them deaf by driving screwdrivers through their eardrums. Oh my god. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. And at this point, he began to really torture them, as if he wasn't already, and so he would, um, he would electrocute them. And so, yeah, so Josephina, who was his favorite, and it was very clear that she was his favorite, she got the quote-unquote privilege of helping him torture them instead of being tortured herself. And so, so yeah, and occasionally she would be allowed to go upstairs and watch a movie, or be raped in a more comfortable environment, is what Uh. it says here. Mm -hmm. So, on March 19th, 1987, she, um, Gary Heidnick, took Deborah Dudley into the cellar and threw her in a water-filled pit and electrocuted her 
due to her resistance. And so that's how she died, was in a pit being electrocuted. Oh my god, that is so intense. It's terrifying. And so he and Josefina disposed of her body. And then he kidnapped Agnes Adams as well. On March 24th, Josefina asked him if, like, she could be allowed to visit her family. And so he was like, he, he had assumed that she, like, because she was helping him with all of these things, that she had fallen into Stockholm Syndrome, which we have a whole episode oh, on yeah. Stockholm Syndrome. And so it was like he believed like she wouldn't tell the authorities and everything like that. So he was like, yeah, you can go see your family. Wow. Well, yeah, that didn't work out for him because she went home and she talked to her boyfriend whose name was Vincent. Wow. Vincent Nelson. Why can't I say the word Vincent? I don't know. You said Nincent. Nincent. (laughs) Nincent. And she told him, like, everything that would happen and called 911, and then he was arrested. So, in June 1988 was his first appearance for court. Are you ready for what I'm about to tell you? Oh, my God. Does he get, like, free or something? No, no, no. It's not that bad. Don't worry. Don't worry. No, he's dead. It's okay. Uh, But do you want to hear the defense that he made for why there were women in his basement? What did he say? Uh, he said that they were there in his basement whenever he moved into the house. <laughs> he said they came with the house. Yeah, <laughs> and like expecting that to like work. That's like what you talk about, like when you, like, furniture. Like, oh yeah, yeah this chair. It, it was here when I moved in. Isn't that yeah. cool? <laughs> Not abducted women in the basement. Oh man, so, how um, stupid. You would, know as you would guess, if... that didn't work out for him. Oh. My Yeah, so at this point, you know, with a lot of cases, they try to, like, get the legally insane option. Oh, yeah. Option. It's not really a... But, yeah, there's, like, the... (laughs) But that didn't work, and the reason it didn't work was because he earned half a million dollars at the stock market. (laughs) Wow. So, Yeah. So, on July 1st, he was convicted of all of these. He was convicted of two counts of first-degree murder, five of kidnapping, six of rape, four of aggravated assault, one of involuntary deviant sexual intercourse, and he ended up being sentenced to death. Good. On December 31st, while he was awaiting execution, he attempted to commit suicide by overdosing on Thorazine. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Uh, so Thorazine is actually used to, like, help treat schizophrenia. So it's just, like, his normal medication that he tried to overdose on. And he fell into a brief coma. So a it didn't work out coma. for him. That's what it says. I'm just going with it. So on April 15th, 1997, he was scheduled to be executed by lethal injection at Rockview State Prison in Belafonte. Belafont. Belafonte? I'm not too I don't sure know. which way to say that one. I really don't. But a last minute appeal was filed and it led to him, his hearing to be determined on his mental competency. 
So on June 25th, 1999, the Supreme Court affirmed the death sentence. And on July 6th, he was executed by lethal injection at age 55. So this happened so fast. Like, it was so fast. He abducted the women in 1986. And then, you know, he got put in jail in, like, 88. Which I'm glad. Like, I cannot imagine being one of the women right, in no. that. Oh, my gosh. At all. Um... But yeah, he was abducting women with, like, a two-week interval in the middle. Or, like, at one point it was, like, four days. Yeah. Like, dude. That's disgusting. Yeah. But the the pit, like, in the middle of the basement and stuff reminds me of the Silence of the Lambs. Because yeah. of the... Yeah. Well and stuff. Wow. Yeah, it's, like, terrifying, and his face is also terrifying. Ew, that's disgusting. Take it away. He doesn't look like a football, though. No, he doesn't look like a football, but I wish he looked more like a football so I could make fun of him. I know. You know? Um, but yeah, that is the main inspiration for Silence of the Lamb. Sorry that was such a quick little, like, rundown. But, but since he only killed two people, he's not even classified as a serial killer. Because serial killer is three and over, I believe. Wow. But he is it a serial right rapist. Mark. Yeah, yeah. Ew. I know. Well, that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And this is um, Betty Disto, his wife. Oh, I know. Where's the? I want to see. Um, are those all the victims? I believe these are the victims. Yeah. Which one was his favorite? I don't know. Let me see. We'll, we'll post, post these pictures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll post these pictures oh. that way you can see what we're talking about. Here's Josephina. This is his favorite. Oh. Yeah. So. um... That's the story of Gary Heidnick. That was a really fast one. This is just kind of like an extra for Halloween. So happy Halloween. <laughs> happy Halloween, everyone. You can um, also see our updates and posts and pictures on Instagram at Horror Slumber Party Podcast. And Twitter. Party underscore horror. I need to change that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you can also watch... Or, oh, send your requests in and stories um, through our email. HorrorSlumberParty at gmail.com. And, oh, our Patreon. Horror Slumber Party Podcast. And our YouTube channel. Horror Slumber Party Podcast that we have, I think, 10 episodes posted on there. I swear, if you just type in Horror Slumber Party everywhere, I'm sure you'll find it. You should. You should be able to. Maybe yeah. not YouTube, but... No, I feel like you would if you typed it into YouTube. Yeah. If you put podcast at the end, I think you'd be able to find it. Yeah. Especially, though. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Um, We'll probably keep this series going. Maybe. Maybe yeah. not. We'll I don't out. see why not. Because, because I don't like horror movies. That's true. <laughs> Emily was only down for this because it was Halloween. And she was like, well, might as well watch them now. Yeah. But. I liked it. I did like the movie. So that's good. <laughs> No, these these were two great uh, movies that the ones that we have covered, and um, well, if y'all want to hear any more of this, just let us know. Yeah. Happy Halloween, everyone! We hope you all um, enjoy the spooky night and stay safe. Yes, please stay safe. Um, but have fun. Not too much fun. Um, yeah. Anyways, good night and scary dreams. Bye.